Good morning, everybody. Hello. It's lovely to be here with you all. Look, it's so nice. Can I just say, when the front seats are not empty, <laughs> I feel like I've got my cheerleaders in the front row this morning. <laughs> and it's really great. I just encourage you, other weeks, if there's spaces at the front, come forward, because you know what? It's not easy standing up in front of a whole load of faces, and it's that much uh, made that much easier when there's, when there's lovely smiles. This is my life group over here. Lovely smiling faces in the front. So we have been talking about uh, Kingdom Flip over the last couple of weeks. That is our topic this series. Um, can anybody tell me what's anything significant been going on this weekend? Anything that, any, no, I know it's any flags around or any, no? It's, yes? It's been the King's Coronation, thank you. Ten, ten points to Gryffindor, I was going to say then. <laughs> Well done, absolutely. You can tell I'm, I'm working with the kids a lot, can't you? <laughs> um, so my name is Felicity. Let's introduce myself first before I introduce what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, I'm married to the lovely Marco. Give everybody a wave, Marco. There we go. Ten years this summer we've been, we've been married. <laughs> oh, a round of applause. Look. <laughs> um, and we have our little one, Luca, who um, many of you have met. And thank you, church family, for helping us keep him safe within this space um, because he's a wild one and, and it takes a tribe, so uh, we appreciate you. We've been part of Westfield's Vineyard since uh, 2016, late 2016, when we, before we had the building, when we were still over in the school, um, and we love, we love our family here, we love you guys, and it's a real, real honour to be able to stand up and share um, a little bit of uh, my heart and uh, my Jesus with you guys this morning. I think one of the really beautiful things about having different people speak that we're going through this series and seeing lots of different faces is that you get to see different aspects of Jesus's heart because each one of us has a personal relationship with him and each one of us knows different little parts of his heart and different facets of him and it's really great to kind of see what his his bride they call the church the bride of Christ what his body um, knows about our creator king so on our kingdom flip, we're going to start with our coronated king here. So I don't know if you can see it. We've got it up. Look, lovely. Really, teamwork. <laughs> up on the slides here, we've got our coin. So yesterday, um, the coronation took place. And some of you might have watched it. Some of you might have gone about your days like nothing was different. But for a lot of the nation, it was quite a significant uh, day with a lot of um, weight and depth um, and I'd like to just put a kingdom flip on our coronation this morning. We're flipping the coins. And the other side of the coin that I've got this morning um, is, is our King Jesus. Um, and the image here that you may, may be able to see, there we go, it's all right, um, is, is foot washing. And I'd like to, this morning, just introduce you to King Jesus. Is that all right? You may know him, you may love him, you may not have a clue what all of this is about. Um, but either way, let's walk through this together. So, kingdom, expectation versus reality. On our coin, we've got the heads and tails. <clears throat> and in all things with our kingdom flip, there are these two sides of reality. I'm going to start at the beginning. The beginning of Jesus' ministry. Not the beginning of creation. We've not got that much time today. Um, but the beginning of Jesus' ministry. When he began to become known, when he called his disciples to follow him, and he began to speak and meet the people, those that knew Jewish law, the rabbis, the ones that had studied Torah, were so confused and offended by what this man was claiming to say and, and who he was claiming to be, 
They had studied and they were expecting a Messiah, a Savior. But their expectation was very different than the reality that they were faced with. They'd expected a ruler to come, a high and mighty king to rain down. They were expecting to be saved by strength. They wanted an army. They wanted a king to come and win with authority. And the Jesus that they got was a rule breaker, was a lawbreaker, turned everything on its head and did nothing that they expected him to do. We're going to have a little look at our next image here. Um, and I'm going to use our um, whale as an analogy to, to pick apart. Um, in the Bible, uh, John wrote, in the, we are in the world, but not of the world. Have, have we heard that phrase, that scripture? Yeah, so the Bible tells us we live within this world, but we are not of this world. Now, our wonderful whale here lives within the sea. Yeah, we can all agree. Lovely. <laughs> Just nod at me, smile at me, let me know you're... <laughs> Here with me, great, thank you. Um, but a whale doesn't, uh, can't survive within the water without going up to the surface for oxygen. So every 90 minutes or so, um, different whales go different lengths of time. I did a little bit of Googling on the. <laughs> um, but they swim within the water, they go down to the depth and up higher, but every now and then, that whale needs to come and break the surface of the water and drink in, gulp in that air. The highest. Uh, cause of death amongst whales, fun fact for the day, the highest cause of death amongst male, uh, males, sorry, <laughs> whales, <laughs> is suffocation, is not coming up to air when they need air and not taking in that breath. Just like this whale, we live within a world that we were planted in, created for, and yet we are not of this world. This world is not where we get our sustenance, our air, our water, our food. And every now and then, and the more often you can do it, the better, we need to go up to the surface and we need to breathe in a bit of that air. We need to come back to that place. And above that water is the kingdom. And you and I and everybody in this room was designed and made for a kingdom purpose. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. The world was never made to be an easy, happy, safe place. It doesn't say, become a Christian, follow Jesus, and everything is sunshine and rainbows. The Bible doesn't say, you might go through troubles. It might be a bit tricky. It says, when you, and you will. Because we're not made for today. We're made for that eternity. And that is the place that we need to fix our eyes. I really loved, last week, Jez spoke about the way we look defines where we're going, or the way, the where, the place that we look. The place we place our eyes is the direction that we're going. It's about having a kingdom vision. We are living in this world, swimming around. But we need to make sure that we're fixing our eyes on where we're going, that we're coming up for air, that it's about eternity with our creator. This world is temporary. It's the eternal life in the kingdom that we're aiming for. So our expectations versus reality, coming back to this, everything being flipped on its head. Jesus said, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. In this world that we live on, 
it is all about who's at the top, who's got the power, who's got the authority. Those people are in charge. And Jesus came along and said, hey, I'm not, I'm not here for what the world defines as good. I'm here to come to the ones that are not even noticed, that are given no significance in the eyes of the world. Those guys are marching first into the kingdom of God. Matthew was one of Jesus' friends, one of his disciples, and he journeyed. He was called to journey and walk alongside Jesus through his ministry. And one of the amazing things that Matthew did was write down uh, a lot of the things, I'm sure he didn't capture it all, but a lot of the things that Jesus said and did so that we have this amazing New Testament with the book of Matthew that we can read and uh, hear and learn some of the stories and the things that Jesus said. So, Matthew wrote down that Jesus said, when you give, don't announce it with trumpets to be honored by men, but give in secret for the rewards are in heaven. And when you pray, close the door and pray to your father. Meet him in the quiet place. He's calling each and every one of us to a personal relationship with him. And it was in such contrast to the ways that those, the religious men of the day, would, would pray out loud, would give free for all, would fast so that everybody knew that they were starving in the name of the Lord. How holy were they? And the world put them on a pedestal. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's about you and me. Shut the door. Come inside. He said, when you fast, don't look somber. He told them to put oil on their head and wash their faces. Look fresh and alive. So that it's not obvious to men. It's not about what they say, how they define you, what they think of you. It's about you and him. We can seek gratification from the world. And it's a very human thing to do. I'm not saying that any of us will get to the place where we're able to kind of fully push that aside. But Jesus is calling us in to that, hey, it's you and me, kid. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah, align there. It's about knowing whose you are. It's not about what the world says. It's about knowing that you are his. And Jesus knew whose he was. When he uh, began to gather his disciples and he went down to the water to meet his cousin John, who'd been going before him and, and sharing the word of the coming Messiah and baptizing people in Jesus' name. Jesus went down there and asked his cousin to baptize him. And when he did, he went down into the water and came up, and the heavens opened. And Jesus' friends write, and we know because of this, this scripture that we have, that a dove came down from heaven, and the heavenly Father said, This is my son. With him I am so pleased. Powerful, isn't it? We had a really lovely baptism service a couple of weeks ago. Wasn't it amazing? For those that you're here, it was a really beautiful, beautiful service. And I love baptisms. They're a really great refresher and reminder for, for all of us about what it is to have that first love. 
Because each one of those people there that morning, there were seven of you, I think, and I can see lots of your faces here today. Each one of those people stood up and said, hey, I love Jesus. I know whose I am. And I am going in that water. And I love those t-shirts that that they've made for them. I left it in the water. They went down to the old, washed off, and stepped up in the new life of the created children of God. And as I mentioned at the beginning, Mark and I have been uh, together for 13, 14 years, married for 10. And our relationship in those first few weeks is very different than how it is now. (laughs) And it's really important that that's the case, that actually relationships start off in this amazing, special honeymoon buzz where you just sit and grin at each other. That's what we used to do, just smile. But over time, as you travel through life, it becomes a daily choice to say, I'm in. That first bit is sort of easy, because you don't really know what's going on. You're just sort of following the emotions of it, and you're just taking the steps with it. But as you journey through life, as you hit those bumps in the road, which will come, you have to say, I'm still in. I'm still here, and I'm still choosing you every day. (laughs) And the church calls us the bride of Christ. The church is Christ's bride. You are his beloved, and we've said it here this morning. In sickness and in health, when the road gets bumpy, all he's asking of you is to put one foot in front of the other, and choose him. Every day, I choose you, God. This world is bonkers sometimes. It's not smooth and plain sailing and loving roses all the time. There are moments of that, and that's beautiful. But actually, it's the consistency of saying, God, I'm all in. Jesus, I choose you. I choose to be your bride and put one foot in front of the other. We're living by faith and not by sight. It's not about knowing what's down the road, what's around the corner. It's about putting one foot in front of the other. So, perception versus personal. Our next coin flip is all about the difference between what is perceived and what is real. And the monarchy, whatever your view and opinion of, and we're not going to go down that road this morning, but as an example, as an illustrated example, it's often about that kind of Wizard of Oz analogy of it's, the, it's about what you see, what is projected, which is important. You know, when Dorothy got there and she wanted to see the wizard and there was all the smoke and the, the big booming voice and the shadows and she thought this wizard is a massive, mighty, mighty man. The reality of what was behind the curtain was a little bit different than the projection that was being shown. Jesus wasn't interested in the appearance, in the perception. He wasn't interested in whether he looked right, did the right things, said the right things, went and uh, followed all the right laws and the rules. He was interested in coming down low 
and getting personal with people. Let me introduce you to him. This is our King Jesus. Jesus liked to tell stories. He spoke a lot in parables, and a lot of his friends and disciples wrote a lot of these down for us, which is amazing to help encourage us. But he started a lot of his stories by saying, those that have ears, let them hear. And a lot of the times, his disciples were so confused by what Jesus was going on about. <laughs> and he would talk in what seemed to be riddles, or he would tell tales. They would ask him a question, and rather than giving a straight answer, this is, this is the question, this is the answer. He'd tell them a story. And there are lots of different reasons why. But those who have ears, let them hear. Jesus was calling us to say, I'm in. I want to know the truth. I want to seek it. And I want to find it. It's out there. We've got this amazing scripture that we can read. It's all in there. And it's all in our relationship with him. But you've got to be willing. You've got to open your ears. You've got to open your eyes. You've got to put one foot in front of the other and say, I'm in, Jesus, tell me I want to know. I want to know you. I want to know the truth. I want to figure this out. I want to figure this crazy world out. And I want to do it with you. I'd like to read um, two of his stories, two of the parables. Very short ones. This morning. And it's all about the perception versus the personal. So we've got the parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had, to buy it. You are that treasure. You are that pearl of great price. And your creator gave everything he had. He sacrificed his living son in your place. He gave it all so that he could have you. It's personal. It's intentional. It's not an accident. We sang this morning, he would leave the 99 just for you. He wants you to come up to the air, to step into your kingdom purpose. That's King Jesus. The night before Jesus was taken away and, and led down the road to his crucifixion, he met with his friends, his disciples, one last time. And they gathered together for a meal in the upper room. And normally when you'd enter a home or a house in those days, your feet would be dusty and dirty from walking in sandals across the roads. And you would come in and there would be a bowl of water by the door and you'd wash off your feet so that you weren't walking in all of that dirt into people's homes. 
And the disciples got there, and there was no one there to wash their feet. And they began to debate who was the greatest. They were arguing about, well, I'm not doing it, and I'm more special to Jesus, and I'm his favorite, and I'm more holy than you. They'd walked with this man for the last few months, years. They'd learned from him. They'd listened to him. And yet still, they got that kingdom flip mixed up sometimes. And for those that know the story, know that Jesus came in and he bent down low. And he began to wash their feet. Can you imagine the emotions that were mixed up in that act? Two seconds ago, they'd been arguing about who was the greatest. And obviously, they put Jesus at the top of their list. And here he was, serving them. It was a practical act of honor and love. And I imagine some of those disciples felt a bit embarrassed or awkward or maybe a bit of shame or I can't believe. And in fact, some of them were saying, hey, you're not washing my feet. No, Jesus, get up. You're not doing my feet. Jesus said, listen, it's not about being first in the kingdom of heaven. It's about loving and serving. He came to serve not to be served. And this was followed by the ultimate humility of sacrifice, of love on the cross. Our King Jesus, your King Jesus, he got close, he cleansed, and he forgave. I'd like to share some images with you this morning. (coughs) And there's a uh, lovely artist. Uh, She's called Jessica Bond. She's an Australian artist. I'm a very visual person, and I find uh, our creative folk in the world extremely helpful in me connecting with my creator. So I wanted to share some of her collection this morning. She's got a series of art um, called the Foot Washing Collection, and she's got loads and loads of images. And I started with a massive slide, and Mark said, maybe cut it down a bit. So if you want to have a look, go and look her up and look at some others. But I just want to share (coughs) what she said about her artwork and what she was feeling on her heart when she created these images. She said, I love my kids. It's not I love my kids and every single choice they've ever made. It's a declaration of a loving father who died for every single one of his kids. She puts a tagline with the images. It says, it's not about who's in the seat. It's about who's washing the feet. Devs, if you'd like to just come up and we're gonna start. I just want us to have a little look through the images as they scroll through. And Debs is gonna play. And you might see one in there that you think, gosh, that's me. You might not. 
one of the ones in there that, that touches my heart deeply is The Bride. And the artist is not in a relationship, uh, but she's a lover of God. And she was doing all these works of art, and she said Jesus kind of called her to do her. Where's you? And she did this image of the bride, and she said, I would ugly cry. (laughs) If that was me, sitting in that seat, and he bent low and he washed my feet, he bent low he cleansed and he forgave and he'd do it again in a heartbeat that's King Jesus you're invited this morning every single one of you no matter your past You are invited. Whatever your pain, you are invited. Whatever your joy, you are invited. And whatever your struggles are, you're invited to come and sit on the stool. There's space for you. For some of you feel like, hey, there's so many more people that are better than me that are further up the line that are going to get there first. And he's saying, no, it's you I want. You are my beloved. You are mine. And there is nothing you can do or say or walk through that I won't be there with you. Can we stand together, Bride of Christ? You may know him. You may be 20, 30 years down the road of saying, I'm in. I do, over and over. You might be at the beginning, and you might never have met him before. But I want to walk you through a prayer today, and I just ask, If you are willing, you say it with me in your hearts. We're going to close our eyes. Oh, come Holy Spirit. It's you and me. It's you and me. Dear Lord, you said we are in the world but not of the world. And I'm sorry that I often take my eyes off of you. I lose my place. I repent this morning of seeking the approval of the world. And I ask you, King Jesus, help me find wholeness in you. I believe that you died for me 
on that cross. You came to save me. You did what I couldn't do for myself. And we come to you now, Lord. We place it all in your hands. Just give it to him. Lift up your hands if it's helpful. Open your hearts if it's helpful. From this day forward, help me to live each and every day for you in a way that reflects your kingdom here on earth. We love you, King Jesus. Thank you that we will spend eternity with you. wants you. All of those things are rushing around inside of you. Just lift them up. Crawl up on his lap. Debs has got a song this morning and I'd like her to sing it out over you. If you've said this prayer with me this morning and it's the first time that you've ever walked anywhere near coming into the kingdom of God, don't leave this morning without coming to find somebody. Grab one of us and tell us because we want to celebrate with you. And if you need someone to stand by your side, your cheerleaders, your church family is here. You're welcome to come to the front to be in family and community. But if you need to find a moment and a space, just you and him, you're welcome to do that too. Debs is going to sing. I just want you to stay. Just stay with him. Let him wash over you. Fix your eyes on your creator. You are my beloved. Beloved.